I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. We'll figure it out. I'll use my phone. Must be here. Anyway, it's a big uh, footy prime, a special footy prime. We've got a special guest. She can't stay away. It's not Amy Walsh. No, no, who pretty soon will be whining about her schedule. No, it's Rian Wilkinson. Welcome back, Rian. Thanks. Thanks for the invitation. Woo! <laughs> I didn't know you were coming on, actually. I'm really happy. I, I didn't know you were coming on. It's great. It's yeah, a real surprise. Yeah. Here we go. I found my notes now. It's on my phone, but not my computer. What's going it's on? It's hurt by everyone. This is is it because you got, you got your hair cut, so you lost your power? You're a bit <laughs> yeah. shattered? <laughs> yeah, I went for the Jimmy, and for some reason, I lost my brain power. <laughs> That's not even funny. Jimmy's here. It's not, you're just laughing. It's not funny. Very funny. Uh, that's Jimmy and Craig's here and, and Wong is here. Hey, Canada won a game at the World Cup today. They looked yes. really good too for, for what, 45 minutes. I had all my, all the narratives all ready to go for the at halftime. And then of course that late goal got them back in it, dubs. Um, your, your tone during the broadcast in the first half was very different to your tone in the second half for some reason. Mm. As they say, it is a game of two halves, right? And these were two very different performances. Yeah, really um, kind of Are you stuffing your face right now? <laughs> what are you eating? <laughs> I'm eating my lunch. I'm really sorry. Do you I'm actually sorry. sleep, Amy? Oh, I only managed about two hours. But I'm just going to soldier on. So I just went on a hike. Only got lost just like a little bit, like a teeny tiny bit versus last time. And um, went the wrong way down Front Street. And I was like, oh, this is where I stayed last time at the Intercontinental. Oh, this is the wrong way. And I went the other way. Anyway, got my stuff. But back to the call. So Bev had said um, that she thought the occasion got the better of them. And whether it's that or something else, the, the, the weight of expectations was on them. They certainly did not give the performance that I expected of them after a 
kind of a not abysmal but a disappointing one against Nigeria where they certainly didn't play up to their standards so that was a it was a really surprising start but I think you have to give full credit to to Ireland because I think you saw that impassioned rendition of the anthem you saw something in them I think there that not that we didn't necessarily see in Canada but I just thought okay like Ireland's they're going to show up here and then that um I mean Katie McCabe was a revelation like I've seen her play just a little bit with with Arsenal but and I knew that she was a complete player and you know she's always tops in your defensive metrics and tackles and intercepts um duels all that sort of stuff but um what she can do on the attack, just popping up everywhere and just just spearheading everything for them. Um, and she ignited them very, very early on and they get that goal. And it's an error by Sheridan, but but what a freaking left-footed corner that was curling to the back post. So very impressed with them, but Canada was very flat and very disappointing. And I was glad they got that little glimmer of hope towards the end of the first half because they had very little to cling to after for the first 45. McCabe is unbelievable, by the way. What a player. I, yeah, just talked about that yeah, i'm backing you up okay good <laughs> i love this friction between jimmy and dubs it's kind of new but i like it i think we should embrace like it, it. Like hey this it. could be actually this could be this could be broadcast right only we're your guests <laughs> it could be but we're women in general i think we've had it with being hosts you guys can fucking host for once <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rian, when, when you played, was there ever a time when you, you saw the other the, the anthems being played and you heard your opponents and you're like, oh, shit, they're up for it? Or, or like, like Amy obviously pays great attention to, to the way they sing the anthem. <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually think when you sing like that, that emotional piece, I always liked it because I thought they'd be a little bit overawed by the, uh, by the occasion. So seeing a team get really emotional during an anthem... Um, even teammates that always made teammates made me nervous opposition I think uh, gave me a lot of confidence because you're trying to go into a game yes hyped up but also just emotionally regulated ready to go and um, I mean you have to just you have to start strong and that that's what happened you know perfect start for Ireland and Canada you know overall by what did you say they were a bit overawed by the experience like that's that's just not good enough. This is an Olympic champions. This is the second game group game against a first time, you know, UEFA opposition. Um, they're a good team, very good team. But uh, Canada, I'm just really glad they scored a goal. That wasn't an own goal. I think that's a big thing, actually, um, to get the win, but also to, to find a way to, to put the ball in the back of the net and just sort of get over that hurdle because it's been a long time. One thing, Charm, is we get used to as Canadian players is playing away from home. And I mean playing away from home all the time. Like these Irish players would have got a massive lift from the support that they had in that stadium. It was pretty electric for them. They had lots of support. And Bev referred to it. It's tough when you're playing in conditions like that. So you've got to expect that the team is going to get somewhat a lift, even if they're not, if they're, you know, not at the same caliber as Canada is, which I think they proved in the first half that they could make things difficult for Canada. But yeah, scoring goals is a problem for us, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. They were better than Canada. I, you know, historically, whatever, they were much better than Canada in the first half. Other than possession, they, they were ahead in all stats, and possession was irrelevant. Canada was not in dangerous positions. Yeah. But you say, regardless of the opposition, they were much better. I, I don't want to hide behind that either. I don't think Canada mm -hmm. was good at all. They were really, really bad in the first half. Just, just going back to the national anthem, um, 
and Forrest, you'll know this. I used to, it was hard for me to sing it because of a certain individual. And he would make me laugh, Mark Bircham. Now, Mark Bircham played for Canada, right? Never set foot in a country in his <laughs> life. And we didn't have a home game until probably about 15 away games. And then eventually we got home. And he would sing this national anthem, English, London Cockney accent, as loud as he could. And he was his grand his great grandfather, I think, lived in Canada for five minutes. So he got a pass. <laughs> That's right. Do you yeah. remember? So we That's would right. singing and we just hear him screaming this anthem out. Oh yeah, he was all over. And then he scored on his debut in Northern Ireland. And he's running off and he's kissing the Canadian badges. Like, you haven't even been to Canada. Yeah, yet. Like, I'm so proud to be Canadian. <laughs> he would never step foot in the country. Yeah. We'll Is take it, it though. Yeah, Jim, that's a, it's a really good point because a lot of the Irish team aren't Irish. They're Americans. <clears throat> uh, Sinead Farrelly had a very good um, game, I thought, as well. But that is this This is the country that's given them opportunity. The way they played was take the anthem out of it, just that passion. The way that yeah. McCabe plays is just what I want to see Jade Riviere and Ashley Lawrence do. They have all this talent, but it's this this kind of – I hate the word grit so overused, but it's, it is that determination, that pe like body on the line, everything for the badge, whether you're born right. there, whether your great grandfather's born there, it's the country giving you the opportunity and you're on the world stage. What are you waiting for? And yeah. they, Ireland did. It was so good. No, so they, they, they did. It was, I, I think you would say your, their, their performance, the way that they play it is very, very Irish. It's that grit and determination. So all, if, if, like if Canada's overwhelmed by all the Irish in Australia, what would they do when they play a team with full of Australians in Australia? <laughs> oh, it's different. <laughs> well, I think they'll expect that. I'm not sure if they really expected what they saw against Ireland, maybe, but they're obviously but, going to expect it. Yeah, it'll Carter, be, you're, it'll, sorry, your your point there about you know the the crowd and playing away from home and lots of Irish support, like Canada had to expect that. They saw the way Ireland oh, yeah. lined up against Australia, how they yeah. pushed back at the end, how they were unwavering in their approach, in their mentality, in their fighting spirit. I just, I was blown away by the fact that we were surprised by that, or at least seemed to be immediately on our heels, immediately on the back foot. Yeah. And that's what I found particularly disappointing. There, was, there wasn't anything about that Irish side that took Canada by surprise. No. Like, I mean, the, the narrative in the, in the Irish media was, were more than just physicality. And they're right about that. But that yeah. was, whether that was foreign media, that was Canadian media, Irish media, whomever, drumming that up, I think it does them a disservice because obviously they have, they have uh, yeah. uh, an extreme amount of quality in that, in that squad. And Canada wasn't looking past them. No. And yet they still couldn't, given the pieces on the field, despite Christine Sinclair on the bench, you have players who have been there before. They've been on these big stages and they still didn't deliver. So I was really pleased that they were able to regroup and, uh, and give a much better account of themselves in the second half. Uh, Amy, I think, I think a lot of the times that when they say the occasion got the better than that, that's just an excuse. They came out flat. Yep. When you skip, when you concede that early, it's because you just haven't matched their work rate. You haven't matched their energy. They've come out on top. And when you say, Oh, it's, we, we, we weren't up for the occasion or, you know, the occasion got the better of us. That's just an excuse. That's all that is. You know, it doesn't matter where you're playing. We've all played away from home. We've all played in big crowds away from home at international level. That's just, it's a lie. 
they were flat when they came out. But fortunately, in the second half, they kind of turned it around and they got Canada got in the front foot, and then we started dictating the game. And I thought the performance was a lot better. And by the way, why is Sophie Schmidt not starting? There's my another one of my questions. I got well, is that of- a concern? It's a great point, Jimmy. Is it a concern that they turned it around when the two old veterans got on the pitch, Sinki and Sophie Schmidt, who was probably player of the match in that second half, she and was. surely must start the next game, right, Rian? Um, is, is it a concern, though, that they had to wait for those two who apparently were past it and couldn't start? It's hard to know where bias starts and ends. I mean, <laughs> it's every green. It's just there. It just it's just there. And, uh, you know, Bev is putting out the team. She thinks, obviously, it's going to start well. So kudos to her for making the changes at half. But for me, yes, there's players that have been there before. But we're talking about like senior veterans, the players that you get the ball to and they keep it. Um, I'd even argue there's a time and, and game for Sinclair. And this might have been one because it wasn't transitional game. It was a keep the ball and find the find the spaces. Um, Soph had to start. And even Chapman, for me, needed to start because we just need old old veteran experienced heads on the field who are going to stay calm when that stress comes. And in, yes, they scored off a corner, but they almost scored right before it. So, you know, that was a, a shocking start from Canada. They were off balance. They never really found that even keel again. Fluky goal to finish the first half, but start again that allowed them to start again and you put that experience on and you just see it's the composure on the ball and straight away Sophie finding that that uh seam of a pass great finish um but yeah they have me they have to start it's just Canada needs some stability and they'll bring it and some continuity right you want to be able to take the positive moments from that game and continue to build as you grow throughout the tournament Yeah. yeah you know see with with Sophie what I really like about her she she's not crab like she's she's not side to side. As soon as she gets it, she wants to go forward. I love that crab like. Right? Do you know what I mean? Like she, as soon as she gets it, she's looking forward, look forward, and then she's joining the attack. And I, I love the way that she plays. I've always liked the way she plays. Yeah. And I I don't understand. And I would like to see her and Grosso play together in that midfield. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I I like what you said there because possession really bothers me. That statistic. Uh, my coaching hat on it is irrelevant yeah, depending exactly. on what you're doing with it and when you say crab like the ball going side to side and then they sort of burst forward and the crossing in the first half abysmal just awful just slicing them i know it was wet but come on these are professional players it, it was the whole game plan was falling apart you couldn't see them finding plan B, which had to be, you, you got to turn forward. You got to face forward, play forward through the middle. And they were not doing that in the first half. And Sophie definitely brought that. Yeah, I agree. I thought she also offered um, Quinn support by dropping deeper. And then when Canada was in possession, coming forward more like that shuttling sort of box to box midfielder, which she can do so well. We know she can cover ground, but you know, she's, she's a great outlet and she's great in those tight spaces, not like a Jesse Fleming, but she's just able to, to find people. And like you said, Jimmy, to go forward and be progressive when they have the ball. Yeah. yeah. Jesse plays backwards too. She was playing into the game too. She needed that game. Mm-hmm. And LaCasse again, I just don't know. I don't know what, what's going on behind the scenes, what we're not seeing, but there's some players that are coming on and making huge impact. I'd love to see them get some opportunity in the last yeah. game. LaCasse, what's, what's the story with that? I like it's funny, play. just um, on the dark web, I just texted to you guys, get Leon off now. And then she <laughs> scored the goal and then looked much better. I thought, okay, she, she's found a game. And then she got taken off. 
And then came Lucas and thinking, what the hell are you doing, Bev? But then Lucas looked good once again. And yeah. it's a tough thing being a coach, I suppose, right? Must be. <laughs> you, must, you must know something about that. Yeah. But what did she see in Leon's game, though, that she thought, okay, because I saw this this much better player for 10 minutes, but at that point to bring her off, do you think it's pre, pre-decided before the match started? You're playing, what, what, 60 minutes or whatever it was? I definitely think they have a plan. I think Dreet was one of these players that she's putting on who has experience, who she know, you know sort of has a history with. I think she banked on that. Um Dree hasn't had enough minutes with club game. I'm I'm a fan of hers, but uh, and she delivered. She delivered like she did last time Canada came back from uh, gold like against Australia. I think she scored twice before in a warm up game. So she does score, but then she starts playing well and you take her off. So I, I don't know where she's at mentally. Um, that was a weird one. I was like, now you're taking her off. <laughs> I know it took her so long, and then all of a sudden she made three runs. I think she had the last three shots for Canada yeah. not on target, but she was really really pushing, and then. I was like, oh, we finally saw the best of her, but there we go. That was a great ball by Sophie. That was a great ball by Sophie into her. Mm-hmm. And you can't take anything away from Leon because her touch was perfect. It was. That was a Coming great. across the defender and first yeah. touch, I was like, oof. Across McCabe, too. So yeah, it was McCabe. Yeah, yeah. across McCabe. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's a, I'm glad they got that goal. I think they needed it. They needed to score a nice goal. One just pretty play, two great touches, a pass, and – well slotted home. They, they really needed that for confidence. Hey, did you did you guys think Sinclair was very hesitant in and around the box every time she went to shoot? It was like it was almost half ass. It's like she didn't just put her foot through it and smash it. Well, if, if you look I at didn't the understand way that Sinky scores, she very rarely seems to put her foot through the ball and smash it. it it's very I mean, not always inside of the foot. And of course she scores these screamers where she's hitting it with her laces and really going through it. But for the most part, she's just placing it and it looks yeah. casual. Yeah. It looks but so that's, casual. But no that's power. the brilliance of it. And then, you know, but you are right in, in this game that she had like two, there was Canada probably had four or five like grade A scoring chances and they could have yeah. put Ireland um, out of the game, you know, like by probably the 70th minute, but just couldn't close it out. But and uh, that's, too that's, bad. that's too bad, Amy, isn't it? Because really, when you look at what's coming up, Canada, if they lose to Australia and Nigeria win, then that because of goal oh, differential, this yeah. could be part of it, you know, and that's that's just shame, really, because they could have had a little bit of a cushion there against Australia. Yeah, but Australia still have to get through Nigeria. I don't mm-hmm. think that's a given. True. Especially with they've just lost uh, Fowler as well to concussion. Mm-hmm. Lost another four. They only have one healthy forward now with her out. Yeah, that's three strikers out. Yeah. Oh, well. Wow. If you count, if you count Simon in there, who's recovering, she makes the roster recovering from an ACL. Do you think yeah. Christine gets the start against Australia, or is she? I mean, to me, it makes complete sense to keep her on the bench and have that option. It's nice to have, isn't it? Um, yeah. Do you think she gets a start, or, or does Vienne get back in there, or I someone else? Yeah. I don't know if you're asking my opinion or if I think she's going to get the start. I think she's going to get the start. What's your Why opinion? Why don't you give us both? <laughs> I think she should have started Ireland. Um, I don't think she should start Australia. So I think it's going to be, I think she should come in. I think he is bar none. One of the best players I've seen at controlling the ball. We haven't seen that. She's sort of like she's part of the frantic beginnings of a game where she, she doesn't shine. She's part of the, mm-hmm. the hecticness of it. If she comes yeah. in, can control a game and put it away 
but uh, I think Bev will start her. I, I think they have a, a close relationship, friendship, and a, and a coach decides before a tournament how they're going to work with their star players. And I think that this might have been predetermined. Do, do you not think, though, right? Hear me out and tell me what you think about this. Vien was, did all the dirty work. She did all the dirty work, meaning she was physical. She was trying to get behind. She wore, wore defenders down a little bit. And then Sinclair comes on. The game's opened up a little bit. And I felt she got the ball a lot more this game than what she did in the first game because I thought her link-up play was better. And those balls that were going into her, she was laying them off. Do you remember there was a couple of times, I think it was Quinn played into her, first touch to Schmidt, dropped it off, and all of a sudden she was getting in. I thought, I think she's better. I think if it was me personally, out of Vienne, and just say, you're going 60 minutes, and you were going to wear these two center backs down, and then we're going to bring Sinky on when the game opens up a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what a I good point. I, I think Vienne gets sort of sacrificed at, at halftime as a result of how the game's going. She didn't really get the service. No, she didn't. Um, she also didn't show at all. Even no, when yeah, but I mean I both. Agree. I don't disagree, but she she was a non-entity to me in the first half. Mm-hmm. Project 8, um, Jimmy's really trying to get a job with you guys here, so I hope you heard that, and we'll clip it as well. And make sure that everyone hears it. I think they're amazed by my knowledge of women's football at the moment. <laughs> I think we're all amazed, actually. We're no, amazed that you, good can, stuff. that you can take part in the conversation. That's that's good. <laughs> we're happy about that, Jimmy. I don't even like um, you guys. I swear to God. You see, like the, the numbers across the tournament have been great. This is courtesy of Actually Scores Bangers on Twitter. Um, 2023 so far. This is prior to today's matches. Almost 460,000 fans through the first 16 matches compared to 297,000 uh, in 2019. Um, the average attendance is 10,000 more than it was four years ago. Uh, the tickets sold so far, 1.5 million, which has already exceeded the 1.5 million goal. And we're 16 games into the tournament. Um, FIFA Fan Fest. Want to hear about this? We, love oh, a fan oh, fest. we all love a fan fest. Uh, so far, they're averaging <laughs> 28,000 per day. So uh, that's pretty good, right? That's good. As much as no one's watching it outside of Australia, unless you're a diehard fan because of the hours, or you're a huge Amy Walsh fan. Um, <laughs> Those three people really count. <laughs> <laughs> they're just tuning in for the hair, Dubs. The TSN hair, <laughs> Dubs. That's right. It's not now. But it's been, I think, so far a great success. Do you think it, Rian, is it in the right venue, given the the, the time issues globally? Yeah, there's huge populations out east. We're growing it. You see the performances by the Philippines. This game is gonna is gonna keep growing, and it's it's already pretty big. You know, North America, South America, Central America. This this game, the women's side, it's growing. It's already been um, accessible in Europe. So I do think it's it's time that it's on a different time zone. It's annoying, but the women's game's not going anywhere. This is what really gets gets me. It continues to grow. It's it's leaping. It's 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 not just hitting numbers. It's it's blowing them out in the water, and and people are still sort of condescending about it. I find it so short sighted and almost. Mm-hmm. Like almost the surprise by it being like, are you serious? Like, where do you think it's going to go? Where do you think the women's game is going to suddenly disappear to? You know, it's, and I'm not, I don't want to get into the dispute, men, women, compensation, you know, image uses and all this stuff that's going on right now. It's more this idea that 
Um, the women's game is an entity and it's in itself. And you can see in the leagues around the world that it's been growing and growing and growing. And uh, it's going to be an exciting future if we can harness that in Canada with the women and the men's sides, both drawing uh, different crowds, but big, uh, big support. Um, Rian, you said condescension for the women's game there. I'm going to take us off that just for a second. So Katie McCabe's goal at Olympico. Yeah. If that scored in the men's game. Yeah. The quality of that corner and the precision of it is is applauded. And maybe the goalkeepers. Oh, mentioned. no, no. The keeper's and hammered, Dubs. The keeper's the hammered. Keeper's hammered. Keeper. There's, no, there's nobody can score from a corner that should that I just isn't think the keeper's in the fault. women's it can be two, it can be both things right it can be Kaylin Sheridan's error but it yeah. can also be applauding the quality and the audacity to try something like that and i think because it's the women's game and we can't still get out of that tired old trope that women goalkeepers aren't good and like you hit in the air and it's going to go in and i mean the the game has come along so far and how so is the goalkeeping and i'm still seeing that stupid argument so yeah. i wanted to hear what you guys thought because i mean say bernadeski scores that olympico or or forlan or trend alexander arnold and people are like oh like look at the quality look at the caught the goalkeeper off the line yeah exactly and it's all about pushing that narrative and for for women's football it's oh it's the goalkeeping again i do think it can be both i agree with craig i I mean craig you can speak to it it's a goalkeeping error she i believe she's done this for her club a couple times i don't think this is new for mccabe she does have that kind of instinct mm-hmm. that's so dangerous. But uh, I I do think there's an, an old idea that the women's goalkeeping is is just atrocious. And yeah, there are errors, but the goalkeepers have been the story of the tournament um, for me. And uh, yeah, hopefully they get the jerseys on sale soon. The, Sorry, improve, the improvement in the, the goalkeeping in the women's game is massive, isn't it? Because I mean, I go back 20 years and it was like, wow. I mean, we were, we're North Americans really, the goalkeepers in Canada, United States, were and Germany, a little bit Scandinavia, but other places it was weak. It was a real problem for them yeah. to fill that spot. Yeah, agreed. But that, yeah, it is a goalkeeper mistake for sure. And anybody, because most of the time, if you whip it in like that, the goalkeeper goes up and picks it up like a cherry, and everybody's hammering the guy who took the corner because you're like, what are you doing? Keep it away from the keeper. <laughs> Keep it away from the keeper. He just like, yeah. but the keeper misjudges it, goes in. So yeah, do you know? And you're right, Craig. I think nine times out of ten, you don't mean that Olympico. Like you're not going for that that shot at all, unless the keeper. You see the keeper's way off the line. You're like, okay, I might do it, but then it ends up going in in maybe near post halfway because you, you've seen the keeper maybe on the six yard box cheating a little bit. But for the most part, that's just whipped in far post. You're not going I, I will say I will say because the conditions at that time were really beginning to get really bad. The wind was yeah. coming at her. Yeah. I would I would I would say even in anybody's game is like you know put one on top of the keeper. She hasn't seen one yet. Yeah, you're whipping mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Test her. Yeah, yeah. test and, it out. And she quite clearly didn't handle it. Yeah, but like yeah. the I, I agree with you, Jimmy, that you're probably not going for that most of the time. But like the amount of times that David Beckham did that in his career, and and you know lauded for it, not like. Oh, he, he yeah, didn't really mean it, right? Because, you know, when, when you come up for the corner, you're just going like that. Put it put it near post or put it far post or put it in the six. Just put it in the mix. And then normally you're covering the goalkeeper. Put in the mixer. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the, those guys and girls, McCabe, the same, they, they can whip it in at yeah. near enough head level. So even if you're going to challenge, nobody's getting on it. And then it goes in the box. But their target is just putting it into that area. 
speaking of goalkeepers, speaking of goalkeepers, jump over to the Messi goal the other day. As good as it was, the goalkeeper is a step too far to the left. (laughs) Where else is Messi going to put it? His body shape and everything is going into that side. And the goalkeeper is like, yeah, here, just why don't you just stick it right in there, Lionel? This brought to you by Craig's Glass, which is half empty. I tell you what, Forrest, you, you have actually got me watching goalkeepers now. Like their movements and what they do. And Fuck, even I wish you did it when you were playing goalkeeper. I seen the goal. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? What do you say? What do you say? You should have done that I when you were playing. You when you were playing. You're fucking never listened to me at all. That's why I went nuts. Lost my hair. Well, now, now I listen to you. I didn't before. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> you got all your hair. Can't Lost see. your hair and your ball. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, ball yelling, yelling at me. Pretty careless. But now, but now it's so funny because every time I see a goal, I always look at the goalkeeper. And then the Canadian goalkeeper, when she takes like two steps forward, and then she's backtracking. Yeah. And I'm watching that. I would have never watched that before. I would have just watched the ball going in the back of the net. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen such a you know questionable goalkeeping display by a Canadian goalkeeper at a World Cup since, oh, I don't know, December. <laughs> so I'm, I'm being unfair. She'll bounce back, I'm sure. I know there's, um, some, there's some similarities in there and penalty misses <laughs> as well. I'm still yeah. feeling very condescended against for being judged to be condescending against women's corners right now. I, we hammer goalkeepers usually when they score, release goals from, uh, from corners. I'm pretty sure we do anyway. Next one, I'm going to make, make a note and hammer the goalkeeper. Oh, I will, I hard. promise. <laughs> but it's been a good World Cup though, right? There's been some great moments so far. Ari Borges with the uh, the hat trick, of course. Um, well, Linda Casado with a hat trick as well. Uh, she had cancer what a year ago, I believe it was ovarian cancer. Bounces Eight. back. It's it's unbelievable what what she's done. That story alone. Um, favorite goals so far. Bia mm. Zanaretto's goal for uh, Brazil and that that team goal. The, the I think it was yeah. like the the back door and then she drove it in. Amazing goal. Yeah, there's been some great highlights so far. So far, was it 18, 19 games in? I guess round about there. Uh, it's been a great World Cup, hasn't it? I it's think been, so. it's been good. It's been good. Yeah. yeah sorry, man. I, 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 I think it's been good because I was I'm a bit surprised by I, I wasn't a fan of them expanding it to 32 teams. I thought it was too early, yeah. but some of those teams have actually surprised it wouldn't be there otherwise. So uh, overall, it's been very good. Amy? Yeah. <laughs> Amy's got a mouthful of sandwich. But it's a good point though, Craig, because I thought there'd be some absolute blowouts. And, and there still might be second, third time through, right? But some of those so lesser quiet. teams enjoying Keep asking first... her questions when she's eating, please. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Amy. Eh? She, she doesn't know what day it is. I know. She has to be I exhausted. D- I don't either. You're talking like I'm not yes. here. I'm on mute. I'm still here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it's been great. It's been great for a lot of the the nations where the women's game is really starting to grow. I loved, you know, Vietnam. They put in a shift, you know, like they really worked hard against the U.S. They all play in their domestic league in Vietnam. Um, mm-hmm. Point made there that they have a domestic league. I, it's <laughs> to see... Like that was a, a thoroughly dominant performance by the U.S. and it was three nothing, 
as it should be in a World Cup. It's growing. These are these are all impacts of of growing the World Cup and pushing teams in. And there, I think there will be a few bigger scorelines. I think the first game, people get surprised. Um, they're not ready for for teams to be as strong as they are. Um, and then then they're scouted in the first games. So I do think there might be slightly bigger results in the in some of the second and third games of the group mm-hmm. stage. But I, they still have shown their quality. This this Filipino. Filipina result is now going to inspire a whole new generation of players in that country, um, which is is exciting for the game and the women's game. This is this is it's going to take off in some of these um, smaller nations. I say smaller smaller in terms of women's the women's game and where it's just starting to to grow now, um, which is is incredibly exciting for me as someone and Amy who's been around for a long time and and really seen the growth in Canada and now we're going to get to see it um, across the world. Yeah. Do you guys think that it's funny that about what what we were talking about the other day, because we were looking at that Philip uh, the Philippines team and it's packed with Americans as well. Yeah. And Forrest was like And some Canadians. The states in Canada could probably field teams for every country. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Do, are we going to see more of that? Because Vietnam, I think most of the players are certainly born in, in Vietnam. That's not the case with the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And the Irish have, I believe, I think there's four or five uh, U.S. players, a couple English as well. Yeah. Uh, are we going to see? Are we going to see countries now going, holy, like, let's get over and dip into this massive pre- pool, especially in the United States? I mean, Jimmy just told us a story about a teammate with a Cockney accent. This is not new. It's yeah. not new and it's not with a what? With Cockney, not cock. <laughs> All right, Amy, get back on you. I was, I was just waiting for Amy. Put that sandwich back in your mouth, Dubs. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that sandwich so far. Jesus Christ. It's an eating machine. It's just, this is how you have to grow your force too. You also have you have international coaches that are taking on these countries who've got connections back. Um back in the US or Canada and you use them because of the experience you have. But that doesn't mean it's not going to impact the young girls in in the Philippines watching their country yeah. for the first time, men or women represented World Cup, score a goal, get a result. Like that is going to be a game changer for them. Whether yeah. there's there, I think there's only one um, player on that team that's actually born in the Philippines. Yeah. But that's the thing too because everybody wants to be a part of success. And if their team's successful, then that's going to that's going to help the next generation. Yeah. Right. And then I got a question before I, I leave you guys alone now. Well, you're leaving. I'm not because I don't want to ask any more questions. This is the last question that I have. Good questions, Jimmy. Couldn't come in. When in the, in the men's world cup, right. And I was talking with Forrest and a couple of the ex guys that, that played national team level. And we couldn't believe like just where the game. Ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. ...is now on how fast it is and technical and tactical. And it, the game was so quick, it was ridiculous, right? Compared to when we play with the national team. Have you... And Dubs noticed a big difference the way teams are playing today and just like how athletic the players are compared to when you play. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I'll, but I'll say back when we played, it was you were taking athletes and you were trying to fit them into the mold of a football player. Mm. Mm. And now it's you're, you're developing the athleticism you're developing the the tactical awareness, you're developing the technical skills to make complete footballers. And to me, that's the difference. So the athleticism is still there. You still have, you know, the, the, the pace and, you know, players that can just do stuff just innately and so easily on, on the pitch because they have the physical gifts. But then layered on top of that is, you know, they're, they're real genuinely skilled footballers. Yeah. But Dubs, you, you retired way before Ryan. So obviously, yeah, games changed. Yeah. Fifteen years or something, wasn't it? Yeah, Rian grew up playing with my youngest sister, Bonnie. That's how I met Rian. So Rian. And you retired when? When was your me. last game, Rian? Uh, twenty seventeen. But okay, right. so six six years ago, thereabouts. Have you seen then a big change in those, those six years? Yeah, actually, I think it's a really good. I was watching a men's, an old men's game from the sort of nineteen. Craig and Jimmy. Yeah, they were playing nineteen sixties mm -hmm. and. Well, um, that's force this time. <laughs> it was almost laughable. He's, <laughs> He's like, hey, you guys talking about me? The game's changed so much. And then you think of all this, the kudos that Wenger got, right, for just bringing in nutrition and how the, the men's game is just the, the kind of phenomenal athlete that's now playing in the premiership, Serie A, La Liga, all these all these leagues we're playing. And now the, the percentage of changes is so minimal because – everyone is is at this elite level and if you look at the women's game just at our old games you know and in, in amy when we first started playing we had nothing so it's really cool to watch from the early 2000s to now there's no way i could step anywhere near a field anymore i, I had a career on um heart and determination and made made sure i could put in a good cross and i defended well that was my whole career i couldn't i could never play at this level anymore and the Come way the game has changed is yeah, but you would adapt it you would adapt it as well maybe i can only look at how i was when i retired in the game now did you did Amy just say no? <laughs> well that's different no i said not me like, i mean it, I it is amazing because all of a sudden this all the advances that the men have have gradually brought into the game are just hitting the women very very quickly and in these leagues are they're starting to be treated professionally, to eat well, to train right, to do the right kind of weights. It's it's great to see these athletes that Amy talked about with the football knowledge, and and they're right up. These are phenomenal athletes now who know the game tactically, technically. Um, it's I think they've the game has changed so much. Yeah, I like I like I'm really enjoying the tempo of the games as well. Yeah, the tempo the tempo's been very very good. Yeah, it's different than the men's game. It's different the tempo. It's and you can see tactics differently because of that. So it's yeah. this is where I think people get into this men versus women. If you like football, if you watch it differently for the men and the women, but the tempo is it's different. Um, yeah. But mm -hmm. it, 
getting getting fast on the women's side. I like it. Yeah, it is. Well, according to Tony Bet.ca, Canada is favored to get out of the group, um, obviously, with the win today at plus 193. Still, underdogs to the Aussies are at minus 256 to advance, of course, playing Nigeria early hours um, tomorrow. So much can still change there. As far as the overall markets on, on the World Cup, haven't really changed. Here's Tony Bet once again. The state's still the big favorites at plus 244, followed by Spain, Germany, England at fourth. Now, they're kind of slipped somewhat. Canada's down uh, at uh, plus 4,426. Well, I don't think so, England was very convincing in that 1-0 victory over Haiti, right? No, they weren't. Spain's been the most convincing so far, I think it's probably fair to say. Mm-hmm. Weaker group, perhaps. But By the way, can we get into this group of death conversation? Are we doing this? Go for not? it. This, this, I mean, I, I don't know who it was. Jimmy's really upset about it. So am I, actually, because a lot of people are calling Canada's group the group of death. I said it. Yeah, no, you, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. It's, yeah. it's a really overused term. Like group of deaths are the when you get like you get like a Spain and an England and a France in a group. That's a group of death. Or Rian in 2011. That was a group of death. Are we, are we mentioning that World Cup? <laughs> well, I just did. Please don't. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Who was nice. your group again, Rian? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> really don't. Germany, I do Germany. Nigeria, Germany, France. Yeah, see? Group That's of a death. group of death. You need That's three, a group of death. three proper teams. <laughs> That's a real group winners. of death. But mm-hmm. there's only 16 teams then, correct? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. I'm not, then, I, I'm not, no, I can't speak to that. I think Canada 2015, so. they went to 24. Yet. I think you're right, yeah. Craig. It's painful, I can tell you that. And we died. Uh, <laughs> That's right, you got killed by the group of death. <laughs> I think England, by the way, is going to, there, that was so predictable that first game mm-hmm. that there's no you way you called for it. You need, you need, deserve all the, all the kudos. Well, well, thank you, but not at all. I mean, Haiti is an unknown entity. You, you look at that country and, and they're the crazy things that they've had to suffer through, and you, it's impossible not to look at them and think, oh, that's an easy three points. You knew England was going to do that. You can be told all day, you don't look past this game, but. There are some incredible athletes on that team. They train together year day in, day out for years. They've got good coaching. It was always going to be a shock result, um, I thought, and and it was. But England will come come back. I think they'll be a, a real contender to win this World Cup. Mm-hmm. What about France? S- oh, sorry, Jimmy. No, sorry. I just wanted to know about France. because I, I thought like, your well, questions have stopped. Yeah, stop your uh, questions. That's one more. It's, I like the French women. I love the way they play. Yeah, but they've traditionally they've traditionally disappointed. Yeah, they have seem to have the quality, the depth in the squads, and they continually underperform at World Cups. I think that they've been in a good spot. They've got a new coach. It was not the result that anyone was expecting. I would not have guessed that result. But Against I do Jamaica. Think, yeah, I do think they'll mm-hmm. be back really strongly from that because in the past I would be like, well, they're gone now mentally shot. I think that they're in a decent spot here mm-hmm. and their coach is, is someone who's really seemed to be able to galvanize them and bring them together. So yeah. I'm sure we'll be up for the next game. Then it was interesting to watch Eugenie uh, Le Samer in that game. She had the most giveaways. I covered that game, the most giveaways in the first half of anybody on the pitch. And then she just grew into that game and became dominant. Um, to no avail, really, on the attack. But, I mean, you got to like that from, from France's perspective to see her really shine kind of the way you would expect her to. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear those, hear those comments from the uh, the Swiss 
uh, star Graham Hansen, who Norwegian. isn't Norwegian. Is, Norwegian. No, sorry, Norwegian. Sorry, yeah, she's not the uh, the ex All Blacks head coach Graham Hansen. Different, different Graham Hansen. Uh, she goes. Uh, she was benched <laughs> for this match. Didn't start. She goes. It's tough. I don't know what I can say. There's not much I can say. I feel like I'm standing here with my hands tied. I feel I've been stepped on for a whole year. Everyone says all the time that we have to stand together as a team and as a nation, but I feel I've been on the receiving end of a raw deal. Not happy at all. Do you have any – who was the, the, the worst player-coach relationship you can remember being witness mm. to at a club? Is, is there one that really stands out? Is it 2011 by chance, Rian? Well, first of all, I did see those comments. So Hager, you said he was the coach for Norway, was the head coach when I was assistant coach for England and GB a couple of years ago, and she was also my teammate. And I saw those comments, and it was very interesting. There's an insane, to me – law in Norway called Yenta's law and there's 10 rules they all learn in school and it's I will never be more confident than the people around me I'll never put myself ahead of others you read these rules j-e-n-t-e that they blow your mind because they really are about never sticking your head up above anybody so those no, no tall no tall poppies no tall poppies you had it so I'm wondering because she did come she she had a uh, another press conference where she apologized for that so I think there will have been big pressure on her. I don't love that. I think it's it's something that should be kept internal. You don't bench one of your top players if there's not something going on. It's a big call by the coach. I don't not defending Hege, but I am saying I don't I don't like when these things are done in the public side public eye. It takes away from the team that are in a real battle in their group stage right now with a loss and a tie. Um but it does happen. It happens on the men's side. It happens on the women. And uh, yes, I've definitely been on teams where it's not being good with the head coach. Um, but I'm, I, I have now become a coach, and and more and more, a coach can't go into a press conference and throw their players under a bus. Then they're like, oh, who's this coach blaming the players? And the, when the players do it, you you've hamstrung the coach. So Hege will lose her job now if they whether she's good or bad because one of the star players has gone to the public. So everyone's going to just blame the coach. It's too easy. It's too easy to do. It's, it's uh, never helpful, please. is it? It's, it's never not- helpful for the players because it looks. It doesn't look good on the player. It doesn't look good on the system. Doesn't look good on there, and it's just disruptive in there, in the dressing room. It's never a good idea one way or the other. No, take care. Of yeah, that but behind. it's give a podcast. So give us some examples here. I was, um, was there? I don't know. Um, 2011 was a tough one, right? It was a tough World Cup, as you've alluded to. Were there yeah. issues there between the coach and the players by any chance whatsoever? Yeah, there were issues. Um, and I'm going to say that I think we we handled it poorly as a team. And I do think that it was way too easy to blame the coach and the coaching staff for us not performing. And it's taken... It, it took a year or two years to finally figure out, like, I was on the field. <laughs> you, how are you blaming it? You, you can blame formation. You can blame, but you're on the field. You're the only one that can really um, dictate how you're playing. And so there, it was, we did blame the staff, especially after the second game. Um, and sorry, against France. Yeah. The second game, we felt like that was it, our game plan wasn't working. It wasn't, and it was just instead of 
us coming together and it and it bringing us closer. Like, how are we going to figure this out? We absolutely disintegrated in the second half. No. So, what, as Craig said, what's the point? Why blame? It, it doesn't matter. We're out now. Yeah. That was also re though with Sinclair's free kick bending yeah. over the wall, right? Yeah. That against China? No, Germany in the first yeah. game in Berlin, Berlin, right? First game of the World Cup, and where she's wearing the mask, she broke her nose. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, and I wasn't there. Um, heard rumblings, obviously, but the way that Carolina handled the media, the way that they made that bigger, the way that she sort of paraded Sinky out to deliberately kind of plant the seed of doubt of whether or not she was playing, um, yes. I thought that was a poor way to deal with that. That became a distraction, and that has to be on the coach. Yeah, I'll tell yeah, you one thing. The players, same like. I agree. I'm going to defend Carolina here because all of a sudden I'm a coach now. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 he wasn't the right coach for, for me and it, for the team at that moment, but it wasn't just, I didn't like how she handled the media with that moment with the mask. Like I didn't think there was a point to it, but also who cares? Like let's get, it's only the team is in a bubble. The media is not in our bubble. Our families, like just, we had to keep that out. And that's a lesson we learned there that we probably won the Olympic bronze because of. We learned like mm-hmm. no one's opinion back home is relevant right now. It's yeah. just us. We have to figure it out. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I I did that as a player. I was playing with the national team. Dale Mitchell was a coach. We were in qualifying and wasn't going the way that we were. I was moaning. Wasn't happy no. with, with everything. No. We were playing no. Mexico. We came in at halftime against Mexico. We were nil nil, and um, he made substitutions that we shouldn't have made. I don't know why you're laughing, Charles. I'm being deadly serious. It's Forest. I'm loving a Forest. That's what I'm laughing at. Sorry. Right. I'm go being deadly serious. Go ahead. This is a serious. Yeah. I'm, I'm deadly serious. Okay. okay. <gasps> and so stop laughing. And we came in at halftime. It was nil-nil. And we got in the dressing room and we're like, just keep what we're keep doing what we're doing. They're getting frustrated. And you know, when you're playing Mexico, it's nil-nil at halftime. They expect to be up two, three-nil. The fans are starting to boo them. And Dale Mitchell made substitutions, changed it, changed the formation. So we ended up losing the game three-nil. I came back, I was furious because that was my last chance of possibly getting into a World Cup. And I did an interview with my buddy in the bottom corner there and Jerry Dobson. And I said, look, I've retired. I said, I can't play under Dale Mitchell. The, the tactics were shocking. Everything wasn't good. This, that, and the next thing. Later on, I realized I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. And I actually saw Dale Mitchell in Vancouver. And I went out of my way and gave him a handshake and apologized. How long so after? I re- uh, it was a few years after I saw him. And I went out of, out of my way and apologized. I said, you know, I was totally out, out of order for what I did. I should never have done that. I was speaking on emotion. I should have, you know, controlled the emotions and understood what you were trying to do, bought into what you were trying to do. And I didn't because, you know, in a way, your your ego, your arrogance gets the better of you at times when you're a player, right? Because you think you know You didn't take you. responsibility. And yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And well, I'm, then, I'm just then I got then I got into then you get into coaching and you start to see the other side of how difficult it is. Very, very hard to adjust and adapt to players and tactics. And, and that's when I told him, I was like, look, I said, I, I made a big mistake. I should never have done what I did. I said, now I'm sitting on the other side as a coach. 
I realized how hard it was for you. And I apologize. Told me to go fuck myself. And, <laughs> and, 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 that, that, and then that was it. But I felt I felt good because I got it off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say, honestly? <laughs> I don't know. He, he just went, yeah, it's okay. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah. But it's good advice, Jimmy. Maybe advice you should think about when, when on a podcast every now and again. Leave the emotion to the side. Just shut Speaks up in the head, not the heart. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> it's a good one, though. I mean, it's, I can imagine when the cameras are on post-match, you know, and it's an emotional time, you've been aiming for a World Cup in this case your whole career, and another yeah. one's gone out the window. I can understand the emotion. About you, Craig, do you uh, remember an altercation either with you and a coach or a teammate and a coach? Yeah, a few. Well, Harry Redknapp and just about everybody. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, you ended up with a in an argument with Harry about something, but he'd forget about it next day. But every manager sort of a little unique in that way, but yeah. most of them are trying to stay away from him. I tell you what, it's hard to manage when you got a bunch of people. I mean, we're talking about you know these clubs or even a team. You look at 11, 20 people that you have to manage, and they all have different personalities, and they all have different you know problems and you know, what's going on behind the scenes. There's just so much to deal with. It's not just the tactic side of the things. Jesus, if it was just about that, they'd be okay. Hmm. You guys yeah. know. I mean, now you've had, you've, you've touched both sides of it. You know what it's like to have to deal with all that as well as try to put a team on the field. And really, once you put them on the field, I think it was Ancelotti says, said, you know, you put them on the field and basically the, these, these players have your future in their hands, really. And there's nothing you can do about it at that point. No, very little. Yeah. You find it even yeah. more intense. So what I find interesting and a whole new element to coaching that wasn't wasn't really in play when we were playing, which is that every one of these players has millions of followers. So they have an angry moment and they reach. Like imagine Alex Morgan just decides that she wants to get rid of the coach. It's one tweet. Yeah. It doesn't matter how popular that coach is. They just don't just don't have the reach. Plus, then they're they look bad. It's it's a really interesting thing now. When Jimmy said like he was emotional on the field, he said something, and it you know you think about it afterwards. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. It takes one second to send out an an emotional message on a on a platform here, and and careers are affected by it. Whether it's the player themselves who are held to account for for tweeting yeah. during a tournament or saying something because so many people are getting it straight away or the coach who, who really, even if they have any kind of social media following, it's nowhere near how popular the players are. Um, yeah. There's a reason why they only last an average of, well, just under two years in their coaching position. And yeah. then 50% of them get one chance after that, the rest don't. And then after that, you're done really. I mean, I, all my ex-players I play with, yeah, they had a job, maybe got another one, and they're done. Except for Frank Lampard. He just keeps falling upwards. <laughs> Craig, Craig Jimmy's right beside you, for Christ's sake. Yeah, she's <laughs> Jimmy's doing the math. I know it's going to take him a while. but Oh, fuck, yeah. Well, it, well Jimmy has – yeah, well. It's not just not, Jimmy. He's in um, step two. <laughs> I got a sidekick. You guys are in good company, yeah. <laughs> But it, that's exactly right, Craig. That's what annoy, what frustrates me now with these coaches. So uh, Hege Risa for Norway benches her star. She makes a decision. 
So are you allowed to make an error or not? You, you're going to try things. Bev tried something in the first half. It didn't work. She changed it at halftime. Good coaching. You make adjustments. So do I think she maybe should have started someone else? For sure. But I'm not the coach. I'm not at camp. That's her decision. And she made good adjustments at halftime. They got the three points. But this is the reality of coaching now. You can't try very much. You can't. Because if you make a mistake, you're done. You're gone. You don't get a few years to, to practice or to, to figure out how it's going to work to get your own players in. And that's the national team coaches as well. They're on the biggest stage right now. And, you know, it takes one one player to decide that they, they don't like what's happening or they think they should have had more minutes. And that's it for the coach. Yeah. Bev owned it post-match too, right? She said, yeah, I got it wrong. And we made the adjustments. And that's I respect yeah. that from a coach. As, as, a, as a footballer, um, did you need that from your coach? If it was obvious they made a selection error or, or a you know tactical error, and everyone knew it, was it important that they went post match and, and spoke to you guys and said, "Listen, yeah, that's on me. Sorry." Or do they have to kind of take the high road here and say, "No, listen, let's just forget about it and, and move forward." I don't know if I ever played with anybody who admitted they ever made a mistake as a coach. It is very rare. It was very much, I made this decision and not that publicly they would say, I put in, you know, put this plan in place, put these tactics in place and the players didn't execute. I'm not saying throwing the players under the bus, but behind closed doors in the locker room, admit player selection wrong or formation wrong or um, any, num any number of things, just the approach on the day, high press or we sat low, whatever it was. I can't ever remember a coach standing up and saying, guys, this one's on me. I got it wrong. Interesting. I see the, uh, the, the coaches on the panel are very quiet regarding that. <laughs> um, almost out of time here. I, I want to touch on though, the very briefly, do you think the women were aware that the men were going to release that statement? What? 12 hours before kickoff? Of course not. No, can you, can I... you remind us of the statement, Sherm? So there's well, it was the men just eviscerated Canada soccer. This is like happened uh, well the night before Canada played, right? Um, talking about a variety of things, they basically demanded Canada soccer, uh, its sponsors, and the CSB to stop using their names and images and likenesses of the men's players in their marketing and advertising. They alleged that Canada soccer is reneging on the deal previously pitched by Canada soccer, and that's Nick Bonters, of course. And the previous leadership saying it was never approved by the board. That's what Canada Soccer is saying. And, of course, that was the, the great deal. That was going to be one of the best deals ever signed by a national program. Fan fast. Fan fast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else? Um, yeah. It, 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 listen, they, they break down some numbers and what they've come back with and saying that basically, basically they haven't been – I don't know if they've been this far apart before. It seems like they're way off. This is just days after Christian Sinclair said that they're pretty close to signing a deal for the World Cup. So – I mean, I, I would hope they spoke to the women about this. Um, they, was, they were saying that the Canada Soccer is using the, the Women's World Cup as a way to try and force them into signing an expedited agreement as well. James, I honestly think that at that stage when they put it out, I would hope that the team, because I know I was, I heard that that came out. I'm like, I just pushed that aside because I'm, I'm concentrating on the game this morning. So I would think that the players would be as well, and they'd just be like, oh, yeah, what So, like, what else is new? There's always shite coming out. So just, you know, when you got a game coming up, you're focused on that. I would have hoped that they would 
don't even know that there's even one out or they heard there was, but it was just, okay, so what? I, I, I think that unified, unified front, the men and the women for the CBA. Yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't know for sure. I, do, I don't have any intel, or I haven't spoken to anybody who who would know. But they, the men seem more organized with their players union. The women have for a long time had a players union since 2016, if I'm not mistaken, Re. Um, and they seem to have been on the same page. Maybe not necessarily with with the agreement and what they're seeking for the CBA, but at least in terms of of a unified front and communication and negotiations. So I would be flabbergasted if that came out so close to that game against Ireland and it was a surprise to at least the leadership group on the team and that they wouldn't have had the messages going out to the team to be like, this is going to come by, don't be flustered, we're expecting it, and this is the move. Right. I think, think they know. I don't think they knew. You don't, don't think, think so? so no. But I also by the way, do you think there was an impact? No, I don't think no. there was any impact. It's still bad form, mean, though. If that's the case, Dubs, it's still bad form, isn't it? it? I think I the think women it. and the men are pretty far apart right now. It is bad form, but it's also yeah. like where everyone is at right now. Everyone's up in arms. Everyone's protectionism. It's it's all. It's not yeah. great. It's not a good situation. But Amy and I talked about this on the broadcast. But it, it's no every, one else listens to it, Ryan. Every major tournament, there's something. There's something, and often it's negotiations that are ongoing. You, it's just not new. And so use, yeah. I, I love that Bev doesn't use an excuse. Craig, Jimmy, you guys will all have done this in your careers. There's always something. Yeah. Um, always. So no, I don't think the men told the women. I don't think that they're in good enough. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they do talk mm-hmm. and that they're connected and they're working together. But I think they, they sort of went apart in the, in the, the big um, round of negotiations that happened a couple months ago. I think they split there. Well, I the, think the only like, ones that are winning here are the lawyers. The law, once the lawyers are hired like that, they're just having lunches for fun. You say this, you say this, we'll stir the shit, we won't sign this, and it will, it'll go on for five, six years. How long did the U.S. thing go on for? And he six made years. fortune, by the way. We should meet the lawyers. Maybe we'll get a fortune. Yeah. A couple yeah. of pints. I, I think much like Katie McCabe's Olympico, it can be quality from that player, and it can also <laughs> be an, a goalkeeping error. I think here they can be very far apart in terms of what they want at the go- ne- negotiations table, but they can also still be communicating. That's what I hope, at least. Yeah, good point. Oh, well, said. well said. Well said, Dubs. For well someone said, with Dubs. zero sleep in the last 48 hours. Yeah, it's still <laughs> very articulate. Uh, very to... quickly, uh, Messi, not bad. A couple of goals yesterday. Completely bossed uh, Atlanta in the League's Cup, which Wonga can explain to everyone later. Um, uh, it was Clay Joe. <laughs> yeah, there you go. From three leagues. Messi's like the Harlem Goldtrotters. They're just going to allow him like 10 yards of space or what? Like, yeah. I think it was crazy. Him and Busquets, they're, they're just standing around ridiculous. and they're almost laughing saying, okay, where's where's the pressure? Why is someone going to try? Did you see how many times Busquets like turned quick and he looked and he was just stood on the ball like what the fuck? Like, like where? <laughs> why do I have all this waiting for a bus? Yeah. <laughs> like a Did you game. see though on uh, on Twitter somebody had like a, like a side by side and it was the exact same goal that Messi scored for PSG in Ligue 1. And it was that same. It was it wasn't the ball from Busquets, but it was the one where he dribbles from like the halfway stripe, and then he plays it over to the left, and then it's the cutback goal, and he gets his own rebound, and he scores. Is it almost identical goal that was scored in League One? And so people are talking about or Liga, excuse me, <laughs> uh, talking talking about the bias against MLS and the quality. 
and to say like, well, there's not very much parity in, in, in Liga and this is what he was doing at will. It's not just because it's MLS. It's yeah, because it's right. messy. That'll always be a problem because, I mean, going back to the old North American Soccer League, George Best scored a goal in the North American League where he was like, it's probably my best goal. But because it was in that league, they're just talking about the defenders all being pylons. They were all all internationals at that stage. Yeah, but mind you, he didn't remember half his goals, did he, George Best? No chance. Not now. (laughs) Not not now, for sure. Um, I want to make today's show... I want to, I want to end today's show uh, very quickly. On, on I want to put Amy on the spot and also Rian. We haven't heard oh from Rian regarding this just yet. So, so Kylian Mbappe could be on the move to Al Halal in Saudi Arabia, right? Uh, the the fee is three hundred thirty-two million dollars, right? And his 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 contract would pay. They're saying the contract he's he's con- contemplating is eight hundred million dollars a week. Sorry, no, a week, week? eight hundred thousand a week. Sorry, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, you had it down <laughs> to a pretty good though, right? You had it down to good. a minute. You had it down to a minute. Actually, no, I've got this all wrong here. Sorry, eight hundred million oh. per year. Sorry, per year. Yeah, it blows away Ronaldo's. Like blows away Ronaldo's. We're talking what? What they offer Tiger Woods? Eight hundred million per year. Dubs, would oh, you my. go and work in Saudi Arabia <laughs> for eight hundred million dollars? Say it, say it. Yes, you would. No. You go over there naked. <laughs> no luggage just a passport naked. i don't even get like a fanny pack to put my passport well, in well there'd be oh, a fanny pack you'd be dodging rocks i don't I don't, think, I don't think you know what a fanny is <laughs> i think in saudi arabia it means something very different um it's the british influence um so yeah you that. wouldn't you wouldn't go to work there for a year for 800 million <laughs> No, you're just winding oh, you're me up. Maybe, maybe if I can take Rian with me. Yeah. Oh, you're Derek Rian. Rian, would you? I, would you uh, well, I think so. I mean. Finally. It's not only that. Just one year of that work. First, he's young enough that he just has to do one or two years there and he's set for life and he can then come back and play. Um, you can start a domestic league. He, I mean, he could do – it just sets you – and I'm also coming from a women's background where you don't earn that money, as in everyone has to get a job afterwards. He doesn't. It just changes his life but his whole family's life as well, and he's not, he's not come from money. And how do you reconcile the human rights track record? Oh, there's there's a lot of issues with what I'm saying, Amy. I'm not saying it's great. <laughs> I'm calling you out on it. You should. It's terrible. But yeah, I'm but also – Don't we sell weapons to them? You change yeah, your it, whole life and your whole family's life and everyone's life. For generations. Generation. With that eight, 800 million that you get, yeah, you can come back and you can just put a group together and you go fight it. You just say, that's wrong what they're doing over there. I experienced it. There Start a domestic women. I think the army you could put together. Project <laughs> 8 could be a beneficiary of this. Eight. I'm not saying fight, Amy. I'm a, 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 you'd have Project 24. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Blow that shit up. I, I know Charm's wanted to end it, but um, I don't think it's early enough, too early, to not do looky likey with Rian because Jesse Fleming here, I have to tell you, there's a looky likey with Jesse Fleming. They, you guys could be either sisters. A lot sisters. of people say that. A lot of people. Yes. Incredible. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, there's who? I, who is, I see some Diana Matheson in there as well. 
Yeah, she's also a foot shorter than me, though. So that's <laughs> <laughs> And then the other thing I wanted to the hit was, uh, was Amy's been getting lots of props. Congratulations on TSN, Ames. You, you really crushed it. Oh, crushing you. it, Dubs. But Happy Fool had this to say. Could you please take it easy on the constant negative commentary on TSN Sports? It's excessive mm. and not helpful. So how do you respond to that? <laughs> I think that probably shows that one, that person didn't watch the first half. And two, that I'm probably doing my job. <laughs> Saying what you see. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll get, let you have last word on that. You're refreshing there, Dubs. You've been doing a great, great job. Yeah. All right, listen, the Premier League Summer Series continues uh, on Fubo TV. Subscribe at fubotv.com slash footy prime. And of course, the CPL is in full swing. Here our own Jimmy Brennan every single week, if you really want to, on all CPL broadcasts. <laughs> and if you want to sprinkle a little little <laughs> wager on the old CPL, Tony Bet. That's your destination there as well. Thanks, Ryan, for coming on. And just interrupt me, Craig. Well, I'm just reading through the sponsors' names. <laughs> yeah, okay. we're, we're you weren't going to thank we're anybody. Ready. You never thank anybody. I had to get I that in. Finished. There. Oh, sorry. But, but you never do anyway. Well, we you just fucking deserve it, do you? Oh, we have selling to talk papers. about. We have to talk about our great Indian food. Wong, or give a shout out to the great Indian food restaurant. Banjara. The Banjara. No way he was listening to one No chance. No chance. Listen, real Wilkinson, Amy Walsh of the broadcast. Thank you so much. For putting up with myself, Dan Wong, Jimmy Brennan, and that's it. <laughs> Keep buying newspapers. <laughs> Cheers for listening. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Oh, let's go. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the foodie foodie. It's time to get this party started. It's the foodie foodie. It's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Andy, Jimmy, JC. All we know and all we talk about is foodie foodie. It's time to get this party started Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.